Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Let's bow together for prayer. Thank you, Almighty God, for a chance to be in your house, to worship you, to celebrate your love, to share it with one another. Thank you that we get to sit around your table and remember, remember that great love that never changes and will never change. Lord, as we share it together this morning, may we encourage one another, may we lift one another up. May today be a day in which you begin something new in us because of what you've done for us. And we put our trust in you and we praise you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from chapter 61 of the book of Isaiah. We've been looking at Isaiah chapter 61. We're going to do that throughout our Thanksgiving season. And I, I hope that you would uh, read chapter 61 and, and read it over and over and over again. Make it a part of who you are through the Thanksgiving season so that uh, you might really draw from Isaiah what he's trying to say, what, what God is trying to say as he touches you and moves in you. This morning we're looking at verses 4 through 6. And Isaiah the prophet has talked about new things that are going to happen. And in verse 6, or I'm sorry, verse 4 we read, he says, They, that's the people of God, will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places that long... I'm sorry, let me try that again. Uh, Got my tongue wrapped around my eye tooth, can't see what I'm saying. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Aliens will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work fields in your and vineyards. <coughs> Excuse me. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of the nations. And in their riches, you will boast. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing of this God's most holy word. Let us prepare our hearts to sit around the table of our Lord Jesus and celebrate his love. I thought we had another song. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> okay, well, that's all right. Well, you could sing a song, Pastor. No, you don't want me just to sing. That's all right. Uh, so we're working through our Thanksgiving giving season, and we're giving thanks for things that are going to happen. Instead of giving thanks for things that have happened, we're kind of trying to refocus, and, and we're trying to give thanks for things that will happen. In other words, we're, we're, we're going to try to live in faith this Thanksgiving season. And I, knew, I noticed Veronica's been hurting this morning. I just hope she's not going to have that baby right now. I, I would give thanks for, <laughs> for that, but I, I'm not sure I'm ready for that. <laughs> you wouldn't be the only one. We give praise to God. But, uh, so, you all right? Oh, he's pushing you today. All right. Well, he's getting an early start. He must be related to your husband. <laughs> uh, so we want to give thanks for things that are going to come. And, and as I was thinking about that, I said, you know, that doesn't negate the past. You know, sometimes we get so focused on the future that we say, well, the past doesn't matter. But the past is very important. And this is how I know. Because when you sit down for, to give thanks for your Thanksgiving meal that you're about to partake, of which you are about to partake, when you start giving thanks for that, you will give thanks for things like turkey and stuffing, and mashed potatoes, and most of all, for pie. And you see, you're about to partake of that pie and of, those, of that food. So why do you partake of it with such relish and anticipation? Because you're hungry. 
because you're hungry. That's part of it. More importantly, because you know how good it is. You with me? You know, how do you know how good it is? Well, because last year you sat around that table and you had some of that turkey and some of that stuffing and some of those potatoes. And, and so, in, in, and if you're smart, none of that broccoli. <laughs> just, just had to throw that in there. If you're smart, none of that broccoli. Uh, but you see, if, if you have partaken of it before, you know how good it is. So you're excited to sit down and you can't wait because you know how good it's going to taste and how full you're going to feel. And there's something really good about You see, you don't negate the past. There's something about the past that helps you understand what good things are coming in the future. Are you with me? This is important stuff because sometimes we say, well, the past really doesn't matter. It does matter. It helps us see how good God is and lets us know how good God will be. Are you with me? So I know God is good because he has given me turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes last year. And I believe that I can give thanks because he's going to give me turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes this year. Now, if you don't like any of those things, I'm sorry. Uh, But you can think of whatever it is that brings your mouth to water because you've had it in the past. You with me? Very important. Because you've had it in the past. Now, this is what happens in Isaiah. Isaiah starts talking about things that are in the past. Did you notice that? He starts talking about rebuilding those things, that God is going to rebuild those things in the past. So this, this morning we're going to talk about how it's time to rebuild. You with me? It's time to rebuild. So Isaiah starts talking about those ruins. He starts thinking about the ancient ruins. Now you have to understand, when Isaiah thinks about the ancient ruins, he's definitely thinking about Jerusalem. And he's definitely thinking, so he goes on to say, that devastated, those devastated and ruined cities. He's thinking about all that Israel was and how great it was. That's the country he came from. And it was important to him to think about how wonderful it was. You see, the people now are in exile. Things are not good. But he wants them to know that God is going to rebuild those cities. And he's going to rebuild that ancient ruin, that that temple that he had placed He had allowed Solomon to build so that people would know he wants to have a relationship with them. And so he's going to rebuild that temple. What's interesting is, of course, that's where the wailing wall is now, right? Because it's destroyed again. And God promises to rebuild these things that have been torn down and that have been broken in the past. He's going to take that past and he's going to rebuild it. You know what the people of Israel were saying who were in exile? I remember when. That's what they were saying. You ever say that? I, Rick Ayers said that this morning, right? I remember when. Back in the good old days. I was thinking just the other day, you know, we talk about the good old days. I don't know if it was so good. I had to get up and turn the knob to change the channel on TV. And there were four whole channels. And there were four whole channels. And they were in black and white. And you imagine color. Some of you have no clue what I'm talking about. When you called on the phone, you had to dial. Some of you remember that. Those were the good old days, right? The good old days. Some of you remember the good old days when you had to go out back to use the restroom. Those aren't good old days. (laughs) Those are just old days. But isn't it funny how in our minds, the past sometimes is filled with these good old... I remember when... 
And I want to warn you about something because sometimes when we ask God to rebuild our past, when we think, man, God, it would be nice to experience the good old days again, I, I want to warn you about something. Because you see, when we rebuild, when God rebuilds the good old days, it's not the same as it was in the good old days. You with me? God rebuilds it. That means he renews it. That means he restores it. It's not the same. That's exactly what happened with the temple. Think about it. When the people of Israel made their way back to Israel, remember with, with Nehemiah going back to the temple? And they start to rebuild the temple. And in Ezra, this is what they say in, in, verse, in chapter 3, verse 12. It says, But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple pay close attention. What they do? They wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. I want you to hear the difference. The old folk looked at it, and they saw the foundation of the temple, and they realized it was not going to have the majesty of the old temple. You see, they were going to look at it, and they're going to say, oh, well, yeah, it's a new temple, but it's not what it used to be. It's not as good as it was. It's not, it doesn't quite stack up to what I remember it being. Do, do, do you hear the danger in talking about and remembering the good old days? Two things happen. One thing is the good old days change because the good old days were not as good as you remember them. I just want you to know that. Second of all, when God rebuilds them, He doesn't rebuild them the same way they were before. He rebuilds them in a new way. He rebuilds them with a new emphasis, with a new understanding, with a new hope, with a, a, a new a direction sometimes. And I want you to hear God wants to do that in your life this year. This is the year. He wants to take that old stuff and, and that stuff you think was all, all that. And he wants to renew it. But he wants to make it different. So I want to warn you. He wants to make it so that it fits today so that it transforms you today. Think about the ruined places in your life. You see, we all have ruined places, don't we? If you were to think back, you may realize that you remember when that relationship was all that, and it was so close, and we were such good friends, and everything was so wonderful. And today, it's just not the same. As a matter of fact, it, it may be a relationship that you don't even have anymore. Maybe a relationship that's filled with pain and a lot of things, a lot of water's gone under the bridge. And you're struggling with that relationship. You think back, boy, I wish that relationship was what it was. Well, it's not. And it's not going to be. But God may want to rebuild that relationship. That may be true, by the way, in your relationship with Him. Some of you may think back, I remember when God and I, man, we were like this. And when I accepted Him, everything, I saw God everywhere. I saw God's love. I saw God's grace. Life was so good. And now I'm struggling, and sometimes I don't even feel God. And I wonder if God's even there, and our relationship is not what it was. Oh, if I could only go back. I wish I had a rewind button to get back to where we were. Yeah, yeah, and see, God wants to restore his relationship with you. But I want to warn you, it's going to be different because he's brought you all this way, whether you believe it or not, whether you've seen it or not. 
Some of you have missed opportunities. Oh, if only I could go back and, and take this other job or go this other way or do this other thing. Oh, if I only had stepped up to the plate, I might be in a different place today. You might. I got good news. God wants to rebuild that opportunity. You say, well, it's gone. Never to be touched again. Oh, no, 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 no. God is able to restore that opportunity. It may not be the same. You see, I believe that God has a mission for us. And then if we accept that mission, even if you miss an opportunity, He has another exit ramp for you to go on because He hasn't given up on you. When when I was called to the ministry, I I wasn't interested. I've told you that story. I wasn't interested. And so I I wasn't going to get off. I was going to keep going the way I was going. I was going to be an engineer. God, I'm going to be an engineer. So I'm on that road. And God took me to a small Southern Baptist church. And on Sunday evening, I went to a Sunday evening service there. Average age, 105. And I was in my 20s. Well, maybe not. That's exaggerated a little. I mean, everyone else had white hair. At that time, I had dark hair, believe it or not. And the preacher stood up and he said this, God is calling someone here to full-time Christian ministry. And they are rejecting him and they need to turn to him and follow him. And I looked around and I said, really, God? (laughs) I'm sure it's that 95-year-old lady in the back row. you got to be calling her. No, I said, all right, God. You see, I I didn't want to get off. Some people would say, well, you missed that opportunity. I didn't miss that opportunity. I I did miss the first time he called. I could have gone. I I sometimes wonder, what would that highway have been like if I had been faithful to him from day one? But the good news is, God gives me another opportunity. See, he restored that opportunity. Same mission, different opportunity. And when I said yes, boy, God started to do some incredible things. It's not the same as if I had said yes right away. But God continues to use those. Sometimes God comes and He wants to restore the brokenness of our lives. You see, some of you are broken deep within. Sometimes because of a hurt that has happened in the past. I want you to know that God wants to heal that brokenness. You see, maybe this is the year. If you would be willing to trust in Him. Maybe this year he would come and begin to heal that brokenness. Might be something that happened a long time ago. Maybe sometimes you say, well, I remember when before all this took place and everything was so good. And then this this situation happened. I just I don't get it. God wants to come and begin to heal that brokenness. You see, God has come to restore and renew. And it's not the same. But it works. I I think of the Niagara. You know, the USS Niagara has been rebuilt, right? It was rebuilt. Now, you all may not know this, but my understanding is there's only one board in the whole thing from the original. Is that correct? I thought that's what I understood. Well, two or three. Okay. There's two or three pieces from the original. It's been rebuilt. And we call it the USS Niagara. It's not even close. There's like three pieces. Oh, but it looks the same. Yeah, it looks the same. But it, it sails a whole lot differently. You know why? Because they had to add all this safety stuff. And it's now got the bulkheads. And it's got, it's nothing what it was when it was originally built. But I want you to know, it still sails. As a matter of fact, it's probably a whole lot safer than it was 
before. And God does that in our lives. You see, he wants to rebuild us. It won't be the same as it was before. It'll be new. It'll be different. But it will be filled with grace and love. And it will take you where you need to go. The question is, are you willing to give thanks for that this year? Recognizing that he's done it in the past. He'll do it again. Put your trust in him and watch. He wants to rebuild your life. And some of you have walked away from him over and over and over again. I want you to know, you, you come every Sunday and you hear Jesus say to you, hey, I just want to have a relationship with you. And every Sunday you say, yeah, that's for somebody else, not for me. I want you to know this morning, he's calling to you again. This is your opportunity. Don't miss out. He wants to restore your life. He wants to make it awesome. But you have to say yes. You have to say yes. You see, when you do, you can give thanks for what God's going to do in the future. You see, the problem is we only want to give thanks if it's the same way it was before. But God wants to restore it in a new way. I, I think of uh, the, the Thanksgiving meal. Um, every once in a while, that same turkey you've had year in, year out, has a different taste. One year, I remember years ago, the McQueenies had us over. And, and we, they deep fat fried the turkey. Mm. Do you know everything tastes better deep fat fried? <laughs> it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. But boy, was it good. Now, I went there anticipating it being the same as it was every year. It wasn't the same. It was, I don't know that I'd say it was better. It was just as good and different. You see, God wants to do that in our lives. It's time to rebuild. He wants to restore our past. But that's not all Isaiah says here, and we don't have much time. So I want to I share with you this one other thing that Isaiah says. Did you notice that Isaiah starts talking about other people doing your work? Doesn't that sound great? So the aliens and the foreigners, they're going to be doing your work. That's what Isaiah says. I, I love that idea. You all work for me. Now somehow we get the idea that if other people are working for us, that means we can just sit around and watch TV. Or, or play games, or do what we want to do. I want you to read very carefully what Isaiah says. Isaiah says the aliens and the foreigners will be doing work, and they'll be working hard. And, and you need to know, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're not about, about the kingdom of God, then you're going to find yourself striving to work. You're going to go to work to make the big dollar. Or you're going to go to work to make the small dollar, depending on how it is. But you're going to work hard. You work hard day after day and week after week, just trying to get by. And you're going to feel like this guy here, like you got this weight around your ankle. And every day you go to work, you've got to carry this weight with you because somehow you've got to pay the bills. Somehow you've got to make it work. And I think about the, the folks that work at GE here in our community. And with GE moving out, and many of them are going to lose their jobs. And, and, and I hear the terror in their hearts. And, and I understand that. What are we going to do? But you see, if you're in Christ Jesus, all that changes. Because if you're a part of the kingdom, then you understand that God is taking care of of you. As a matter of fact, you have a different job. Did you catch that? Isaiah says, you will be priests. And ministers. What that means is, as a priest, that means you will be connecting other people to God. Are you doing that? You see, that's why you go to work. You say, no, I go to work to make some money. Don't go to work to make money. Go to work to connect someone with God. You say, well, I go to school. Well, you go to school. Why do you go to school? Well, because I go to school to uh, watch movies. I mean, to learn things. 
I, I, go to, I go to school to learn things. Let me encourage you. Learn something. That's good. But while you're there, try to connect someone else to God. See, that is your job if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. You are a priest. That's what priests do. Priests go around. They try to connect people to God. They try to help people see who God is and, and help them understand how God loves them and how Jesus died for them. Uh, what are you doing when you go to work? What are you doing in this world? What is your job? You say, my job is to make money. Your job isn't to make money if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Your job is to share the love of Jesus with everyone you work with. Now you say, well, okay, so I don't have to work, right? I just go around and talk to people. No, 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 no. You work harder because you want people to see that Jesus is is to be served, and when you serve him, you give your best. So you're giving it all. See, the Apostle Paul told us, I'm, I'm sorry, the Apostle Peter told us that we are a chosen people, a royal, what is that? What was that? Priesthood. We are to be connecting people to God. You say, well, I still got to pay the bills, Pastor. You don't get it. I still have to pay the bills. Oh, I do get it. I understand. I got to pay bills too. But here's the neat thing. If you are serving Jesus, if you are a priest in the kingdom of God, if you are a minister serving others, showing them who God is, this is what God says. He says He will provide for you. He will take care of you. As a matter of fact, Jesus said this. He said, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. How many of you spent time this morning trying to figure out what you were going to put on so that you'd look your best here this morning? Uh, I hope that you were thinking about what you would put on so that you could express who God is in your life. For is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Now that's easier said than done, right, Jesus? And Jesus understands that. But he wants you to know that if you serve him, if your purpose is to bring glory to him by how you work, by sharing with others, by serving others, what you begin to see is God begins to provide for you. I no longer work to make money. I work to serve God. And in so doing, God provides the money. By the way, that's why we tithe, right? You see, we tithe because we recognize that what we get is not because we are hard workers. We get it because God gives it to us, and we want to show him that we trust in him. So we give him a tenth right off the top because we understand that we can trust in him. Now, now that doesn't come right away, right? That's something we learn over time. But as we mature in Christ, we begin to realize that God's going to provide for us. Listen to what Isaiah said. I, I, I love that last verse. Um, that we read. He says this, you will feed on the wealth of the nations and in their riches you will boast. I hear people all the time say, oh man, those rich get richer and the poor get poorer. You ever hear that? Rich get richer and the poor get poorer. I've decided I have a new perspective. I'm excited when the rich get richer. You know why? Because God says someday all those riches are mine. So I'm saying pour it on. Fill it up. Because someday God's going to step in and he's going to even it out. 
And until that time, I'm going to trust Him for what I need today. In Philippians chapter 4, God says this. My, or, I'm sorry, Paul says this. My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. You see, our focus is no longer trying to make money. Our focus is trying to serve Jesus. And as we serve Him, He provides for us. So Isaiah has shared with us two very important things. That in the past, he's going to transform those things. He's going to rebuild them. And he's going to give us a new focus. And that new focus is going to be on him and serving him. You see, in the past, sometimes we were serving ourselves, trying to make more money, trying to get the better deal, trying to be more than we are. But in the future, what God wants to do is he wants to take who we are and all those things we had in the past, and he wants to begin to use them to show us that we can trust in him and that he's going to use us in powerful ways. And we can thank him for that right now. But you see, there's a part we play in that, right? If you're going to thank God for those things in the future, then you've got to allow him to begin to change you right now. And this is where it all begins. You see, we want our future to be different, but we want us to be the same. We don't want to change. We want everybody else to change. You ever feel that way? Everybody else should change. The truth of the matter is, if we want to really give thanks, we need to allow him to begin to change us now. Some of you are carrying around guilt from years ago. You never asked Jesus to forgive you because you're afraid, what will that mean? What will he want from me? Well, I'll tell you what he wants. He wants your life. But as you give him your life, he gives you his life. And there's nothing better in the world. You see, that's why he died. He died to pay the price so that you could be forgiven. And then he rose again so that you could have new life. And life that is full. Life that's not concerned about how am I going to make the next dollar. But life that is concerned about who can I share the love of Jesus with. You see, it changes everything. But you have to say yes to him. He's not going to push himself on you. He simply offers it to you. Wouldn't it be awesome this Thanksgiving to be able to sit around that table and to thank God that he has made you new and that he has taken your past and he has forgiven you of all that ugliness and he's beginning to make you beautiful. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, forgive us when we are so caught up in the past that we don't allow you to work in our lives today, that we might see what new things are ready for tomorrow. Forgive us, Lord Jesus, when we realize that you have done incredible things for us in the past and, and we question whether you could do incredible things for us in the future. Forgive us, Lord Jesus, when we sit around your table and remember how much you love us. And then tomorrow, when the pain of life comes, we, we question whether you will continue to love us. Lord Jesus, this Thanksgiving, we pray that you'd begin to change us, change our focus. May we begin to look to you for all things. May we begin to rely upon you. May we begin to trust in you. 
May we begin to share you with others. May we begin to reach out in your name. May we begin to take hold of the gift that you have given us and begin to share it with people who are so afraid and so alone. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would help us and remind us every day this new year that we can thank you because you're at work. We can trust you in that. And we can rest in you in that. Lord Jesus, we pray for those this morning who who are struggling with the past. We ask that you would begin to heal them. And that this year they'd begin to be transformed by your grace and your love. So that their past no longer dictates their future, but rather their past would begin to fulfill their future. We stand before you, Lord Jesus, and we give you thanks. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.